How can you reach your health and fitness goals without feeling overwhelmed or defeated? I learned things the hard way when I started my journey almost a decade ago. Now I run an online business dedicated to helping women avoid all of the mistakes I made along the way. In this podcast, I share the lessons I've learned in my own journey and in helping hundreds of women through theirs. If you want real results and an approach that is sustainable for, well, real life, then the Fit to Live podcast with your host, me, Sydney Tollett, is going to be your new best friend. I'll see you inside. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to the Fit to Live podcast. So as of the day that I'm recording this, it is the beginning of December, and I cannot believe that it is literally a couple weeks away from Christmas. But we have been on the topic of fat loss for a couple of episodes, so I figured I would just kind of (laughs) continue that theme in today's episode and I'm excited about this because it's a little bit of a switch up. Instead of talking more nutrition side of things, we are going to get into more of the cardio and training side of things because I do think that that is something, at least from my point of view, that is definitely not as discussed on social media. Like, okay, what what are the common mistakes that people might be making with cardio and training when it comes to fat loss. So that is what we're going to dive into. I'm gonna be talking about the worst cardio and training mistakes for fat loss, the things that I commonly see. And you guys might be surprised at some of these. These may be things that you've never really considered or thought about, or maybe you had a total opposite, you know, kind of belief on. And now hearing this, you're gonna kinda want to second guess that and think about that a little bit more. So. With that being said, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about cardio and training during fat loss. So I do want to preface because you guys know I just, I love my context. I feel like that's just kind of the theme of every single one of my episodes. I love context and you guys know that I will go through and just go down rabbit trails to give as much context as I can because when it comes to nutrition, training, cardio, it always needs context. I feel like anything anyone ever asks me, the answer is it depends. (laughs) And so with that being said, to preface this episode, I am going to be talking about dedicated fat loss phases to where our main priority is maximizing that fat loss. So this episode is not specific to more of like a body recomp phase where we're eating a little bit more around maintenance. This is going to be more specific to actual fat loss um, specific phases. So this is also assuming that you are in a moderate to slightly aggressive deficit. Now, when I say slightly aggressive, I'm not talking about way too aggressive to where we're just like losing a bunch of muscle tissue and all of that, but somewhere in that like moderate to slightly aggressive deficit. So whenever it does though come to like, oh, should I be in moderate? Should I be slightly aggressive? That really depends on like the length of time that you're going to stay in the deficit and a lot of other factors. We're not going to get into that in this episode, but my point is everything I'm about to cover that's kind of the base context that I want you guys to have is we're in a fat loss phase and we are eating in like a moderate to slightly aggressive deficit. Um, We're not in a recomp phase. So with that being said, we are going to get into these different mistakes. So I have five that we're going to go over, but 
per usual, have lots of notes um, on each one. So the first mistake that I see when it comes to cardio and training for fat loss is going to be a training mistake. And this is just simply not managing our fatigue within our training. So we have to keep in mind that when we are in a deficit, we have less food to work with here, right? And so we have a little bit less of a buffer for fatigue and for recovery. So that's a really, really important thing to keep in mind is when we're in a deficit, we do have less of that kind of buffer for fatigue. So one thing that you know I see often is people might be choosing movements with just a really poor stimulus to fatigue ratio. And I know stimulus to fatigue ratio, I mean, it sounds kind of like, oh, what does that mean? But it's, it's truly like, what is the stimulus in comparison to the fatigue? So if something has a poor stimulus to fatigue ratio, you're going to get a pretty low, potentially moderate stimulus, but probably pretty low stimulus on the muscle with a high fatigue cost. And so obviously if it was a good stimulus to fatigue ratio, it would be the opposite of that. Um, so if you're choosing a bunch of movements with a poor stimulus to fatigue ratio, um, if you're doing all like lengthen biased exercises, so just to give like one example of that, if we're, and I'm not saying, by the way, this is not to say that we shouldn't do any length and bias exercises, but if somebody has in like only length and biased, um, this might be, you know, an issue whenever it comes to managing total fatigue within training. So like one example though, like I was saying, would be, uh, let's say we do the quads. So if we do something like a hack squat, that is a lengthened bias quad exercise versus a leg extension, which is a shortened biased quad exercise. So could a hack squat fit into a fat loss training program? 1000%. That's not my point. But if somebody is choosing all lengthened biased, then we may, we may have a problem there with, with the fatigue that's building up. Um, another, another point here would just be introducing like a ton of brand new exercises in your training blocks when you're in a deficit. So um, now if somebody, let's say, is brand new to training and so a lot of things are are newer to them, you know, that that's kind of a different conversation. But let's say that you're entering into a diet phase and you kind of have, you know, your base of movements that you've been doing and then all of a sudden you implement just a ton of of novelty, a ton of brand new exercises, like that might need to be a consideration with fatigue. So that doesn't mean that we can't introduce any new exercises, um, that we can't put in different variations. We definitely can, but that's definitely something to consider. You probably don't want to just like change around every single thing um, as far as exercise selection in that phase whenever you're programming during your deficit. And then another thing within managing fatigue is going to be failure sets. So if somebody is taking way too many sets to failure when they're in a block that's in a deficit. Now, when it comes to training to failure, we do have to consider though, like the amount of sets to failure that somebody is going to be able to handle. It does depend on, on factors like, for example, how often somebody is training, um, like how much total volume they even have in their training. It depends like what the actual exercise is. Um, so obviously like if you just realistically think about taking 
a couple sets of leg extensions to failure versus a couple sets of hack squats to failure, you're, you're going to feel pretty different after those two, right? Um, so but even that point needs a little bit of context. But one thing that I do think happens whenever somebody goes into a diet is they're like, oh, okay, like it's time. Let's grind. Like I'm taking everything to failure. Like, you know, there's never going to be any reps in reserve. And like that, we're going to get into a problem um, as far as fatigue management and recovery goes. So again, it's not that there's no place for a failure set, but it is going to depend on what is the exercise. Is it length and bias? Is it short and biased? Um, how often are we training? What's the total volume of training? Things like that. And then just in general, sometimes what I'll see is somebody will go into a diet phase and let's say they were training, I don't know, four times a week before, maybe like five or so exercises in a workout. And now all of a sudden they're like, oh, it's diet time, five to six days of training, nine to 10 exercises. And all of a sudden we just have this huge increase in volume. So that's going to be another issue with managing fatigue. So again, with all of this, we just have to consider like we have less food to work with here. So we have a little bit less of a buffer for fatigue. And if our priority here, like we're talking about in this episode is fat loss, we are using training to get enough of a stimulus to maintain muscle. Um, but this doesn't mean that we're going to be able to train exactly as we would with a little bit of higher food or, you know, if we're pushing, pushing for like muscle growth. Now, um, with that being said, when it comes to like rep ranges, so like low rep versus high rep, I would say both lower rep and higher rep have a place here for sure. I'm not going to go fully in detail on that. I feel like that might be another 30 minute segment segment on its own. But the the key thing here, because there, there's a place in, in programming for fat loss for lower reps and, you know, obviously heavier loads, therefore, and then higher reps, lighter loads. Um, but regardless, fatigue must be managed or your performance is going to suffer, your adherence is going to suffer. And then, I mean, we have to consider other, even other factors like your digestion, your sleep, just systemic fatigue, like all of these different things. So that is number one is just overall not managing fatigue within training because yes, we want to get enough stimulus and we're going to be still training to, to stimulate that tissue, but we are not going to be able to train exactly as we would for the stimulus as we would with obviously like more food. So that's just something to, to definitely keep in mind. And I think something that a lot of people have um, the opposite view on, like they think, oh, I'm going into a diet. Now it's time for me to train six days a week and take everything to failure. And that's definitely not the case. So there needs to be um, lots of context when we talk about this. Um, you'd never want to be super black and white with this. So again, it's not no sets to failure, but it's also not all sets to failure. Um, it's not no lengthened bias exercises, but it's not all lengthened bias. So just these different factors that I went over are definitely things to consider. But at the end of the day, the big picture of this first point is we have to be managing fatigue within our training. So the second worst mistake uh, that I see, and this is also with training, now we're jumping kind of over to the opposite end because that was kind of like one person <laughs> that I see. And then the second one kind of goes the other direction, and that is not getting enough stimulus in general within training. So I definitely see this as well, where some people may say, oh, I'm going into a diet. 
Now it's time to do all high rep training, low load training, um, not getting anywhere close to failure. Um, or maybe, you know, in some scenarios, people may kind of slack off quite a bit on the weights and just switch it up to doing pretty much all cardio. Now, in both of these scenarios, like we're going to, especially if somebody just totally says, you know, peace out to the weights and they're doing all cardio. But even if like you drop off weights significantly or um, you do switch over to, let's say, just leaving a ton of reps in reserve, high rep, low, uh, low load training, because keep in mind too, there's a difference between a higher rep set that's like still taken close to failure and a high rep set where it's like you could have literally done 30 more. So like there is a difference in those two things. Um, but with this, we're going to run the chance here, very potentially actually, of not getting enough stimulus because we are super far away from failure or maybe we just don't have enough in general if you just you know take out most of your training and replace it with cardio. So in this, we want to we want to keep in mind that when we are aiming for fat loss, right? We don't want to lose muscle. We want to lose body fat. We don't want to lose that that tissue, our muscle tissue. So the best way that we can maintain muscle when we are dieting, when we are in a caloric deficit, number one is going to be stimulating that tissue during training. And so if we go super far away from failure on everything and and or we just basically stop weight training for the most part and focus all on cardio, we're not getting that training stimulus that we need to help us maintain that muscle. Um, the other two important things though to, to maintain muscle on a diet, just a little side note, would be protein intake, so adequate protein intake, and then the rate of loss, or you could also say just like the degree of the deficit, um, so making sure we're not going to too, too aggressive of extremes there. Um, but I don't really have too many other notes on this one. Um, but we kind of just saw two different extremes that people may go. You know, you may have the one person who all of a sudden they just run their body into the ground every single day and they don't manage fatigue at all. And then you have the other person who thinks they need to just like not train hard at all and stay super far away from failure and just do high reps with everything. Or they just turn into a cardio bunny and they barely even weight train. So both of those are going to be mistakes. And again, we don't want to take a black and white with any of this. Um, there's a lot of context to be to be had in all of those different conversations with failure sets and things like that. But number two would be not getting enough stim stimulus in general within training. So those were the first two points that I had. And obviously those two are specific to training. So the third mistake here is going to be specific to cardio. So the third mistake is going to be not accounting for the recovery cost of the type of cardio that you are choosing. So when we look at something like HIIT cardio, high intensity cardio, it does burn a lot of calories in a short amount of time, which is why so many people when they, you know, go into a fat loss phase, all of a sudden think that they just need to do HIIT cardio every day. But it also has a higher fatigue cost. Um, and we have to consider things like even other considerations outside of like fatigue on like appetite. I know for myself, if I do hit cardio, like I'm going to probably be a little bit more hungry than if I, you know, walked on the treadmill low intensity for a while. So we have to consider even things like, um, how, how might changes in appetite impact your ability to adhere or the enjoyment of the diet or whatever. Um, because yes, 
HIIT cardio burns a lot of calories in a short amount of time, but it also has a higher fatigue cost. So how much of something like HIIT cardio someone can tolerate depends on a lot of factors. Um, overall stress is a big one and just like someone's tolerance to stress. And then of course, like our training volume and like there's tons of different factors and it definitely does depend on the person um, as far as how much somebody can tolerate. But regardless, when we're looking at cardio, if we are talking about like being optimal slash ideal, what we'd really like is to get our stimulus from training and then keeping to lower intensity forms of exercise, movement, etc., for our other activity. So that could be things like an outdoor walk. That could be, it could be a walk in the gym. It could be, I don't know if you have like a volleyball league that you like to play in, like whatever, like there's other forms um, of activity that we would definitely prefer to be utilizing that is going to be lower intensity. Um, but if time is a factor for somebody and it's like, okay, we need the expenditure, but like time is genuinely super limited, then something like hit cardio might be applicable. We would need to be looking though at like, okay, where are the calories at? Like, can we play around with using food a little bit more for the deficit? And we also need to consider um, someone's tolerance for the hit cardio and their ability to actually recover from it, how it impacts their like, I mean, even like energy levels, appetite, things like that. And so that's another consideration. So like for some for someone, it may be like, okay, yes, time is the winning factor, but also we don't tolerate hit very well. So it's like, we may have to get creative in other ways. Um, or it may be something where potentially the diet, we just need to make sure that our timeline is realistic with the rate of fat loss that we can see. Um, there's so many considerations with this, but the big thing that I really want to get across with this point is we need to be accounting when we're picking cardio, we need to be accounting for the recovery cost of it. And something like hit cardio does have a big recovery cost and a high fatigue cost essentially. Um, so again, ideally we'd be getting all of our, all of our stimulus and training. And then for any other activity that we're wanting expenditure that we're wanting, we're going to be getting that from just more lower intensity forms of activity. So that is number three. And then number four is kind of just like a general kind of mix of cardio and training, but it is not personalizing protocols to your life and your plan when it comes to cardio and training. So for example, you know, how many days can you train and are you programming accordingly? How long can you be in the gym? Are you programming accordingly? Um, how much time do you have for cardio and are you programming accordingly? And then another big question is like, how much of the deficit are we creating from the diet? Because another, I guess this is like a bonus mistake, if you will. Um, another thing that people will do is maybe try to, you know, rely only on cardio for their deficit um, versus also utilizing that, that diet aspect. Um, so that's another important question. Like when we're, when we're determining like, okay, how much cardio do I need, et cetera? Well, it depends like how much of a deficit are we creating from the diet? And then another question would be like, how much activity are you getting outside of the gym? So just like in your day-to-day -day life, like what is your expenditure like just for work and daily life things? Um, that's something that we need to know whenever we're determining like how much cardio that we're going to do. And ultimately, 
with this, it's just really important to remember you have a very individual fat loss journey. It's not going to look the exact same as your friends, your coworkers, your favorite influencers, mine, whoever. Like, yours isn't going to look the same. Like, we have totally different lives, schedules, etc. And the plan should reflect that. So, you know, someone I know, I remember on TikTok whenever I was sharing about my my fat loss phase, I got a lot of questions whenever I posted um, one of my transformations that did like blow up a little bit more or whatever. Like I did get quite a few questions in the comments that were asking very, very specifically, like how much cardio did you do? Like, what does your training look like, etc. And while I tried to answer them with as much context as I could give, it's still something where it's like, okay, well, this may or may not apply to you because of all of these things that I just went over, all of those questions that we need to ask ourselves when we are setting up our cardio and our training protocols. So that would be the fourth mistake is just trying to like take what you saw somebody else doing like, oh, this girl was doing sprints on her Instagram. Okay, I guess I need to do that. Oh, this girl was getting this many steps. I guess I need to do that. Um, This girl was taking X amount of sets to failure. Guess I need to do that. Instead of like, okay, well, what is like, what is my picture that I'm, you know, (laughs) picture that we're painting here for, for my life and my journey, because it all needs to be accounted for together rather than just picking random, you know, random pieces from other people's journey. So that is number four. And then the last one, the fifth worst cardio and training mistakes for fat loss is, um, not having any real plan or intention within your cardio or your training. So for example, maybe you literally don't even have any plan for your training. So you don't, you just kind of have no plan for your exercise selection. You don't really have a plan for how many times you're going to go for the type of training that you're going to be doing, the, you know, rep, rep schemes that you're going to be doing the loading that you're going to be using, et cetera. You're just kind of like going in here and there randomly. You know, sometimes it's five times a week, sometimes it's two. Um, Sometimes you're doing jump squats. Sometimes you're doing hack squats. And it's just like all over the place and you just don't really put any thought into it. Um, And then kind of same thing with cardio. No thought going into your cardio. Like maybe you're just kind of going about it like, all right, well, I'm going to do as much as I can. And maybe you don't even know like why you're using it. Um, you know, how, how much expenditure are we trying to get from your activity and how much of that is going to just be from your daily life? How much of that is going to be from structured cardio? Again, how much are we going to be creating from the food side of things as far as the deficit? So maybe you don't even know why you're doing the cardio you're doing. You just do as much as you can when you can. Um, and you haven't really thought much about, okay, like how much do I actually need? What type, you know, what, what's the actual intention here with this cardio, um, so that would be the fifth one, and I don't really have many sub points on that, but that's definitely you know a mistake that I see is people don't really have a plan. They just kind of think, okay, I know I need to do, well, they think, <laughs> they think, okay, I know I need to do a lot of cardio, um, and maybe you know they're just overly restricting food or whatever, whatever the case is, um, rather than having it be intentional, like, okay, I, here's cardio, it's it's a good tool, but let me make sure that I'm using it appropriately and like having intention behind it. So those are the five mistakes that I wanted to go over. And again, um, this was all very specific to like cardio and training mistakes for the goal of fat loss. But I really hope that you guys learned something. I would greatly appreciate if you're getting value out of these episodes that I've been doing, 
leaving a rating always means the world to me and i've gotten quite a few messages now on instagram from people um, who have like very recently found my podcast and just that they've been learning a lot and getting a lot of value so i always love to hear from you guys if you found something that just like stood out to you or that was really valuable in this episode definitely let me know and if you know anybody in your life who could benefit from these tips maybe they're doing some of these things maybe you just thought of a friend or a family member who who you know is making these mistakes maybe share this with them but yeah i really hope that it was valuable i don't know quite yet what the next episode topic is going to be so if anybody has suggestions you guys can always feel free to dm me on instagram about that as well but anyways i hope that you enjoyed this episode and i will talk to you in the next one bye